Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. And I am pumped up, fam, because hockey's coming back. Supposedly. It seems like, I think. I don't know. I've been, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remain optimistic. It sounds like it's coming back. Phil Myers' deal got done. That's got to mean that the Flyers think there's going to be a season. Let's get into it. Let's get into the introductions, and let's lead it off with the fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle. So, outside of my apartment right now, there is someone who has parked such that the space in front of them and the space behind them is just small enough that no other car could get into it, and it's the, most, it's the most outright act of terrorism I've seen in a really long time absolutely key their car seriously I, I just can't believe it i saw like three people trying to park in the spaces in front of behind them and they just can't get into it and i'm like this is absolutely outrageous that is terrorism seriously there's like there's like this little empty lot in the middle of my block that fits exactly four cars in it you can back in and park in there and i've seen like people park like an asshole in there and then the whole block leaves poop bags on the windshield like, that it's happened amazing. twice. It's awesome. That's amazing solidarity. That. Yes. Yeah. Camaraderie in the neighborhood. Oh, right. It's me. Uh, <laughs> from TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Hey, everybody. I'm back. Um, so one thing that I've been thinking about, and this is something that we'll probably talk a lot about in the immediate lead up to the season, as long as it happens, um, is just how, you know, because of... The fact that obviously the coronavirus is still spreading like wildfire throughout this country, that if and when the season gets started, we probably have to acknowledge that, you know, every hockey season has a lot of randomness, but there's going to be an especially lot of randomness if this season happens, considering the fact that A, the season is shorter than normal, and B, there's going to be like multiple times where guys on pretty much every team have to sit out because they have coronavirus yeah. or because they contact trace with someone who has coronavirus or something. So like I'm excited about the season because I'm excited about hockey and I'm excited because the flyers on paper should be really good, but there's going to be a lot more randomness than usual because teams, I I could see teams like good teams missing the playoffs because for two weeks, their entire first line is not able to play. Hmm. Oh yeah. I have a lot of feelings about that. And if that's something that they're building into the season, then they just shouldn't play. If if you're expecting your entire top line to go down with the the global pandemic, then you should not play. There should not be a season. I mean, I everyone's got to work eventually. You well, know, look, like, like look, this is look, the world. Look this at is what's what happen- it is now. Look at what's happening in football. I mean, mm-hmm. you have like I, that's a, it's a, yeah. it's an abomination is what's happening in football. Yeah, it's well, fine. Expect expect that to happen in hockey well, no, too because we're not I, immune to it. 
I think, like, at least they have, like, they were able to bubble up for the playoffs, and then they were able to finish last season, and now they get the blueprint of at least, like, what not to do from football. Like, in the game last night, say, like, Des Bryant uh, has a... Uh, has an inconclusive test in the morning, you know what you do? You don't let him warm the fuck up until his next test comes back. So you have to pull him out of warm-ups and say, oh, you tested positive, actually. Like, maybe you just isolate someone who has an inconclusive test in the morning and then figure it out before you actually let him get dressed and go out on the field. So, like, at least they will have the common sense that baseball and football maybe have not displayed, they'll be able to go, okay, let's at least not do that and avoid that nightmare. Now, this is hockey. Like, avoiding PR nightmares isn't always, like, <laughs> what they do well. But, uh, you know, I, I think I think they got this. I think they can pull this off relatively well. Now, yeah, guys are going to miss games. Like, it's going to happen. That's just the world we live in. But uh, I, I think they have – I think they have a blueprint for at least making this go off relatively safely. I mean, they have the blueprint to make it work because they already did it. The problem is the players are not going to agree to be sequestered in a bubble for the next nine months away from their families. <laughs> and the owners ain't paying for that again. Yeah. There's also that. Like, they know what works. They just can't get the human side to, to make it work. And, I mean, like, I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that for 56 games. Absolutely not. No. Well, you'd, I mean, you'd have to give me a few million dollars to do it. And, but th those are different worlds. Yeah, rather living. than take away a few million dollars. Right. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. Oh, God, I had one. Oh, I was going to talk about Festivus. So I, I, I know that we've already discussed this, but just in case you don't know, there is a global pandemic happening, what? which means that we can't Allegedly. have our annual Festivus gathering, which sucks because um, it's definitely like the highlight of my calendar um, and probably just mine. But I love it. We are working on two separate things for the communities now the first is going to be a special podcast reminiscent of our hundredth podcast and if you haven't listened to that or if you haven't listened to it lately like <laughs> please go back and listen to it because i did over the weekend and it is so good i just it's so good because for everyone who doesn't remember, the 100th podcast was a Flyers drunk history with, like, everybody from Broad Street Hockey at the time telling a story. Uh, and Or multiple stories. Yeah, or multiple stories. Doing some sort of, like, history thing. I just remember listening to it and thinking, I'm the only one who took the drunk part seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you were very drunk. But you had a lot to say about the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> yeah. As I, I will never, I as will never I normally forget. do. I will never forget that Havlat hid in the penalty box like still, a rat. I will still never forget like, it. like a rat. <laughs> He's still hiding. Um, so definitely go back and listen to that episode because it is, it's just, it's perfect. You got a lot of voices that are no longer with Broad Street Hockey because they've moved on to other stuff. Rip. And of course, you've got us, um, which is the best so we'll we'll do something similar to that it'll probably be the same as that just with new stories and new voices which really like that's fucking great the next thing 
is that we're going to do a live quizzo actually on Festivus. And it is being hosted by, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, former Broad Street Hockey manager, Travis Hughes. Boo! <laughs> oh, no. Who currently we like has Travis. the Rona. So he has the Rona, and he's accepted to create the questions and host but there's a good chance that the Rona has um, infiltrated his brain and he'll forget that he did that. So <laughs> as of today, he's hosting, but we'll see what happens as he's starting to feel better. Um, the details will be on the site hopefully this week. I just have to write them up. But what we're looking for is either teams or individuals, uh, because what's really great about all of our events is you can just show up, whether you have friends or um, people in the community that you know or don't know. Um, and you are like, you're just automatically, all right, great. Like you're here. That's awesome. You're going to have a good time. So whether you have a team or not, you're going to have a good time. Uh, we're asking for donations to the Ed Snyder Youth Hockey Foundation as like uh, you can participate in our Quizzo thing. Um, that's like an entry fee, I guess. I, I've got to work out all the details, but um there's no real um confirmation that you did that it's more of an honor system like donate to them tell me who your team is and we'll make sure that you're actually on the team or if you come as an individual you will be on a team with someone from broad street hockey so that's just and it's gonna be craig extra sorry and it could be craig who actually would probably be the the person you want yeah yeah craig's the one who's like obsessed with like random little tidbits about he has a freakishly photographic memory of every single thing that has ever happened yeah like they're way better at trivia than us yeah oh yeah we're gonna be so bad so you could get you could get one of us you could get steve or craig you could get kurt you could get maddie oh god someone's gonna get stuck with kurt Someone is going to get stuck with Kurt. So apologies in advance. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I'm trying to think of ways that we can all still have fun. So it will be on Festivus, which is December 23rd for those of you who aren't obsessed with Seinfeld. Pandemic. Um, and I think that that's the longest intro that I've ever done. And we're now 10 minutes into the show. I was going to say, like, we have to be out at a certain time. And I don't know if we're going to hit it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, I, I won't do my hot take. I'll just say, uh, actually. No, I'm ready for it. I, actually, I will. Christmas music is good. Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus is coming to town. Great. Good. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into it. So the NHL is returning to play yet again, it seems. Uh, Ivan Provorov's 24th birthday will be celebrated on January 13th by the NHL coming back. It sounds like uh, training camps are going to start on or around the new year, January 1st. This is exciting, isn't it? Like, we actually, everyone's reporting, uh, LeBron, Emily Kaplan, they're saying financial hurdles have been cleared. Things are happening. This is good. Hockey's actually coming back. It is exciting and it is good, but I'm already worried about a two-week training camp. Like, some of these guys on some of these teams haven't played in nine months. So I was also worried about that. I'm very worried. But I I saw friend of the pod, Mike McKenna, um, made a tweet saying that, like, 
as fans, as people who aren't professional athletes, we way, way overestimate the amount of time it takes for these guys to get their shit together. And that it doesn't take them very long. Just because at this point, these guys are absolute machines. Like, they stay in shape all year long. It's not like they have to. It's not like, you know, Bobby Clark had to come back from Flin Flon and get back into game shape like <laughs> and dry out <laughs> yeah so so i that made me feel a lot better but also like as soon as i saw i saw washinsky's tweet about it first as soon as i saw it i felt like a tingle all over my body i'm so excited that it's coming back so excited while while i'll say like yes these guys like i don't think ivan Provorov personally will have an issue like anyone who watched the first month of the nfl season this stuff is kind of important. Maybe we overblow it, but, like, I don't know. I just feel like you need a lit. And they're going to have some training camp, maybe some exhibition games. There were zero exhibition games in the NFL, so maybe just getting your feet wet with one or two will be enough. But, like, I I do think we're going to see a a lower level of hockey for the first couple of weeks than we will, you know, halfway through the season. I feel like the NFL is a little bit different, though. Um, Like, the thing with hockey, to me, is that it's all about, like, how often have you been on the ice? And I think that was a problem for the summer because, you know, it was from March through May or June, a lot of these guys were barely on the ice because the entire world was in lockdown, and that hasn't been the case, you know, whatever your opinion of whether it should be or not aside, like, players have still been able to go on the ice during the offseason. Like, Nolan Patrick has been scrimmaging with Ryan White a lot. And, like, a lot of guys, there's a bunch of guys playing over in Europe. Michael Roffel's on loan. Like, guys are playing hockey way more now, or at least replicating what it feels like to play hockey and to skate, you know, for long periods of time, a lot more than they did in the spring uh, during quarantine part one. So I don't think it's going to be a huge issue i kind of agree with mike mckenna that said i do worry a bit about injuries um somebody mentioned like goalies and that's concerning because you know goalies could get hurt a lot if you know they get rushed back in i don't know we'll see It, it again this is very similar to the summer where like we've never seen anything like this before so we just don't know that said, I guess there was, you know, the, the lockout year, the year that they started, I guess, 2013. They started in January. That also had a short training camp. And I don't think the hockey was terrible. I mean, the Flyers were terrible, but I don't think yeah. the hockey as a whole was terrible. <laughs> but it wasn't because so. of the short training camp. Yeah. No. It was because Matt the, Reed was playing on the top fucking line. Yeah, well, that was the Bruno Gervais year, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Oh, right. Luke Shen, first pairing defenseman. Speaking of speaking of the tw- uh, speaking of the lockout year, the last one, uh, can we like people still refer to that as 2012-13, even though they didn't play in 2012? Can we not do that with this one? This is the standalone 2021 season. That's it. Yeah, we're erasing 2020 from history. I don't know if like I don't know if I can. Like it's just so automatic. It's easy. Because- just do it. But there's mm-hmm. also going to be a 2021-22 season. Yeah. And that, that'll that, be a different season. It just, it, uh, I don't know. This I don't is know the 56-game Rona season. We'll know it was 2021, the end. All right. 
so Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said we are moving forward with the process of working through all of the issues that need to be addressed and agreed to uh, and that are obviously unique to playing a season during a pandemic. He told that to The Athletic. Now, I find this part very funny. Um, both sides confirm the financial terms of the Memorandum of Understanding signed in June as part of the CBA extension will stand as is. The owners were trying to get further concessions from the players. And the players said, okay, we'll agree to some of these things. More deferred money, maybe a higher escrow cap, whatever. But we want these other things in return. And they went to the owners with like, okay, we'll, we'll give you a trade-off. And the owners said, oh, well, we're not giving you more. We'll just go with the original plan then. <laughs> Which makes me think the whole thing was fucking bullshit to begin with. They just course, wanted more. Of course it was. They no, just this, wanted more. No, they, they were like the little kid who's like asking their parents for more. And like, they don't know if they're going to get it. But it's like, well, if you don't ask, you don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll give it to me. Maybe they're that dumb. Well, good, good for the players. They weren't that dumb this time. Very good. I just, this whole thing is so goddamn, like, it, it's like the Olympics. The owners don't actually care about the Olympics, but they know the players love it. So they're like, oh, well, we don't like shutting down our season. So you're going to have to give us something. Like, that's exactly what was happening here. And the players actually stood firm this time. I am, like, actually proud of the players for just no, going I, I to the owners. Too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. The I entire mean, the, the, NHL ownership is just Mr. Burns. <laughs> The one thing I will say is that, and, like, this is the one point that I, part of the reason why, like, I wasn't, like, utterly livid at the owners, even though they're obviously, were being hypocritical and flat-out lying when they're like, we're not trying to renegotiate. It's like, no, you're trying to renegotiate. Just fucking accept it. But, like, I understand the point they're making, which is basically that, like, yeah, this is good for the players now because they're getting more money in the short term. But, like, when four years down the road, the cap is still 81.5 yeah. because, like, we still have to somehow get back to a 50-50 revenue split. And even though we have a TV deal and the pandemic's, like, three years over, players still aren't seeing their salaries go up. The players are going to be pissed. And in ser all seriousness, that wouldn't have happened if they would have changed it a little bit. That said, the owners agreed to a deal. So, like, tough shit. If you didn't want the deal, don't agree to it in the first place. But I will say that, like, I suspect in four years when the salary cap is still 81.5, the players are going to be pissed, and it's going to be, well, guys, this is kind of what you wanted. Oh, yeah, no, there are ramifications for this uh, for the players and for the league. Like, it, it, things aren't necessarily going to be great for everyone, top to bottom, like, uh, at coming out of this. But the good thing will be they'll have a season – and then, you know, the expansion team will come in and things will probably get back to normal in the fall just in terms of scheduling. And they'll be able to figure it out from there rather than keep, in, keep kicking the can down the road. And like, all right, now we'll have a 70-game season with another bubble playoff. Like, they'll eventually be able to get back to normal and then sign a TV deal. And, like, that deal will be based on a season that happened and hopefully better ratings because there was a season than not having one. And I don't know. I'm just trying to be optimistic about God. It really all just gets back to the flyers are going to need some cap space to re-sign all their good players. And I'm trying to come up with an optimistic view of things. 
all of that stuff is for future us to complain about. Right now, I'm just happy that <laughs> the players didn't give anything up and we're getting hockey back. How high do you think professional athletes rank in the need to get the vaccine hierarchy? Like, probably not top. Well, they're they're saying it's essential workers, billionaires. Yeah, yeah. Let's start millionaires, there. right? And then professional athletes, people that like, work like, on Wall Street, somehow are prioritized at the top of this list. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. So I'm assuming it'll be. It'll probably be ahead of regular people because after all of the rich people get it, the rich people will realize that they need these guys to make them lots of money. So we better get them the vaccine. Um, Yeah, sort of like the way that people got super pissy that the NBA got all of the tests like out of the gate. It'll probably be like that. I'm imagining. That's what I'm thinking. They're they're going to be probably top five top 10 group of people that get this vaccine. Oh, for sure. They'll get it before us. It's snowing. Oh, my God. That's, not here. I asked, Sorry, I just I, looked out the window and I got very excited. Before Before I walked my dog this morning, I, a- I asked Alexa the weather and she said, expect snow flurries. I was like, ooh, that sounds nice. That's poop. Okay, see, so sorry, sorry. I, 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 want, I want to make a point here because Kelly just completely like derailed the sorry, conversation sorry, sorry. midpoint. <laughs> um, I, I actually don't think the, that the players are going to get the vaccine terribly early. And my reason is this like, I absolutely believe that the really, really rich people are going to get it. But the, the difference between like professional athletes and just really, really rich, nameless people is that like really, really rich, nameless people don't actually have to answer to anyone. Like, yeah. yeah. They, there is no, they just there's, no there's, nothing, there's nothing that could shame them. Whereas yeah. professional athletes do, like, in essence, they're in essence selling a game to regular people who really fund the whole operation. And I do think that, like, teams are going to basically think that, like, if we jump the line, there's going to be such a backlash from the regular people who are still in lockdown and miserable that it's just not worth the risk. Like, it's not worth the backlash. Whereas, like, billionaires on Wall Street, like, they're obviously going to get it first because, like, what are you going to do? Get angry at them? They don't give a shit. Yeah, they like See, I don't think that there will be any backlash because as soon as they're all vaccinated, sports come back no problem. Yeah, maybe. People really like when sports are happening. Sports, people really like that sports are back. Like, imagine watching the NFL and Denver actually has a quarterback because they're (laughs) not all sick with the Rona. I don't know. Sports are going to come back. You may not be able to go yet, but they're going to be back. I kind of enjoyed that. Um, I think the the hierarchy will go. I think the hierarchy will go like NFL quarterbacks who um, donated to Donald Trump and then... I'm talking about one guy. One uh, guy. Well, that, that won't matter in the next couple months. Oh, like sure that. it will. Come on. All right. Come on. I mean, whatever. It's all one system. Uh, so Tom Brady. It, yeah, it'll be Tom Brady and then the rest of the quarterbacks in the playoffs and then LeBron and then all the other NBA players who could win the MVP and then the rest of the NBA and then maybe – and then maybe the Canadian hockey players so that they can come to America and then the rest of the hockey players. You missed baseball completely. Well, they're not coming back till the summer. They'll be fine. Okay. Baseball can just go away as is. I hope the fucking Phillies fold anyway. This is what I've been saying, and no one's wanted to listen to me. Baseball could just go away, open up the park so we can all day drink when it's safe. We can all day drink outside. I don't actually need to see the baseball. 
<laughs> That's true. That's a fair point. Uh, so 56-game season. It's going to be condensed. We know they want to get it in. Uh, yeah, get it in. We know they want to fit this. We know they want to fit the season in uh, to finish before the Olympics begin. How do we see this playing out? Like Charlie mentioned, uh, the the abbreviated training camp and a short time, short turnaround for goalies. How do we see this playing out for uh, like like goalie health and things? Like, do you think Brian Elliott gets more starts because of the number of back to backs and everything, two uh, threes in four days and stuff like that? We're gonna see. Yes, I do. Yes, I, I, yeah. I I I don't think there's there's any other option because there are going to be a lot of back-to-backs. I think there's a lot of talk that there's going to be essentially like like games are going to be set up almost like baseball with like series. You'll have like the team will be in Boston for the weekend and they'll play, you know, three and four games against Boston or whatever. Like there is, it's going to be something and it's going to be against the same team like baseball where, you know, you just kind of play a team for two, three games and then leave. And because of that, there's going to be compression of the schedule. And because there's going to be back-to-backs, teams are probably not going to want to start their goalie in back-to-backs. And Carter Hart in particular, I mean, the Flyers have barely used him in back-to-backs. I looked at this when I did his season review on, on, the, on the Athletic. Yeah, like he's only done like, I think he's only done it twice in his career, in his NHL career so far. So like the Flyers have clearly shied away from using him in that situation. Maybe they'll think he's a year older. You know, he has the experience of being a starting goalie. They'll do it a little bit more this year, but maybe not. You know, maybe they'll think that it's better to be safe. You know, he has had injuries in both of his seasons. Maybe they'll think that, you know, we want to play it safer and make sure we don't lose him for a month trying to get like a two straight game thing. So, yeah, I think Brian Elliott... Brian Elliott is interesting because he's going to be, I think, an underrated part of how the season goes for the Flyers. And that's a little scary because, I mean, he was okay last year, but he is, what, 35 now? Like, it's a little concerning that I think they are going to be relying on him a lot. I just don't know what other choice they really had because, you know, who else was really out there that was going to be willing to take a backup job to Carter Hart that was obviously better than Brian Elliott? Yeah, a guy we're penciling in for, like, you know, 20, 25 starts maybe, and now it's like, oh, that number is big because it's a 56-game season, yeah. and yeah. the spot they're in, like, you know, they're going to they're gonna need Brian Elliott to produce for them. But I, I'll tell you, when I think about, like, the idea of going and playing, like, three and four days against the same team, that excites me just because I think we're going to see more fights. I think that's awesome. That's very on brand for you. <laughs> <laughs> when teams play each other, they get pissed off at each other. When they play each other a lot, they get more pissed. And then when you get pissed, you punch somebody. I, just... I mean, that's honestly like that's part of what built like the in the old days, the AHL rival rivalries that were so good is because yeah. you played, you know, each week you paid three games and four mm-hmm. nights against the baby penguins and shit got crazy by the third game. Like, so if we're doing that, it's not going to be boring. That's for sure. Like little mini playoff series all season long. I like it. So I found this. Uh, I found this part in Emily Kaplan's story on ESPN interesting. Uh, she wrote that on Monday, the Sports Business Journal reported that the NBA, uh, the NBA teams, will each receive thirty million dollars from the league to help with finances and protect against any liquidity issues due to the pandemic. A league source told ESPN on Monday that the NHL is working on a similar plan, but didn't reveal any details on what that stimulus package would look like. 
So the teams that are, like, yes, the owners themselves are fine financially, but, like, the teams as an entity might have cash-on-hand problems, and the league itself is working towards uh, fixing that. So if you yourself are worried about uh, about your team and what they're going to be able to go out and spend, go buy a reverse retro, retro jersey. That's how I read this. Some of them are really bad, though. So yeah, uh, some of them are great, though. Like, there are some... some of them are great. Some of them are phenomenal, and I'm upset that I don't... Like, I'm upset that I don't like any Calgary Flames enough to buy that jersey. Kachuk. Although, I might just... I, I don't like him enough. Like, I like him, but I don't like him enough. Yeah, but, but I love that jersey. But, like, Detroit? Buddy. So the NHL is dipping into its co- coffers. It says the stimulus package would help teams... Uh, cover operational costs and potentially allow for the rehiring of some uh, of some employees who were furloughed or laid off during the pandemic. So at least, like, I don't know, they'll be able to say, oh, we brought these people back, and it won't look like a bunch of rich assholes just laid a bunch of people off in the middle of a pandemic again. Mm. Yeah, it, it is wild, though. Like, the uh, Forbes.com released their, um, like, most valuable hockey teams list they do every year, and... The one thing that they highlighted that is crazy is the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup last year and they operated at a loss last season because they made no money off of like all of the playoff run that they would have like raked in the cash from. Like it is kind of funny that like they finally won the cup after all these years. Yeah. And they got like no financial benefit from it whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, those those t shirts and hats, uh, they don't go as far as you think. (laughs) You know, a lot of companies operate at a loss because then you don't have to pay taxes. Oh yeah, it's a loss. Yeah. You know, I did air quotes. They're doing fine. Air quotes. They're doing fine. Yeah. No, they're fine, but it is fun like the playoffs are – that's why they always push for expanded playoffs. That's why yeah, owners yeah. actually like making the playoffs because, like, Jesus Christ, do you know what they charge for those tickets? Do you know what the boxes for those games go for? Like, that's where teams really make money is on those playoff runs, and not having that is a financial issue, especially for a team that, like, maybe doesn't have the highest revenue like the Lightning – but are paying a bunch of really good players and they go on this run and they don't get it. I'm not like crying broke here for the owners. I don't give a shit. Uh, but it is like something to consider. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Fuck them. Uh, what'd you say, Steph? I said, fuck them. Oh yeah. Agreed. Uh, let's move on to our Philadelphia Flyers now. And uh, they essentially wrapped up their offseason yesterday, basically in line with the news that the season was coming back on January 13th. A good friend of ours, Phil Myers, he is not a good friend of ours. He's just a guy who plays for the team. He signed a three-year deal worth $2.55 million a year, a $7.65 million total. Uh, The timing of this, like, it just seems so convenient. Like, oh, hey, there's going to be a season. Let's get this done. And then they just did. I feel like they were just like, oh, right. We're working again today. We haven't been (laughs) for the past two months. I mean, I don't, I, I definitely doesn't seem like the team is the one that was like, oh, no, we have to hurry up and get this done because the deal is like so good for the team. It's like out of control. I can't, I actually can't believe how good it is. I am shocked. Three years just seems like such an odd length. I thought it was going to be one to two or four plus. 
three, I feel like we've talked about this contract, because what the fuck else were we going to talk about all, all season? Like, three years never came up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting the way, like, my understanding of how this contract played out, because, and I think part of, part of the reason why people, I think, were so shocked that this contract was this reasonable is because everyone got it stuck in their heads that, like, Myers was going to get the same deal Sanheim got. And that mm-hmm. was like, it was like, oh, well, they're, they're, they're like the same player, right? And the thing is, is that, and I made this point multiple times in my articles during the offseason, that like Myers didn't have as much leverage as Sanheim had. Yeah. Because Sanheim played in 60 more games and was a better scorer and was in the NHL multiple seasons during his con during his entry-level deal, whereas Myers was really only in the NHL for one full season. So like Myers was always going to get less than Sanheim, who got a two-year deal worth 3.25 mil a year. What my understanding of why they didn't go two years is because if they would have went two years, Myers would have really not made any money. Like, mm-hmm. the contract was going to be so low in terms of, like, what he made per year based on his comparables that, like, basically Myers' camp was like, yeah, we're not having him play for less than two mil a year. Okay. Like, that just that just ain't happening. And the thing was, is, like, that would have been the fair deal on a two-year deal because Myers just didn't have that much leverage here. And he had a lot less leverage than I think people thought he did because they just kind of had it in their heads that well he's just Sandheim like he's not so that's how I think they got into the three-year range because three years put him in the bracket of being over two mil okay and then I think it came down to whether they were going to go and I, I put this in my article that was just released in the athletic uh, my understanding is they were basically going back and forth between whether they were going to do a three-year deal or whether they were going to do a six-year deal and essentially what it came down to was that the Flyers and Myers couldn't agree on a number for the six-year deal that was okay for both of them. So they just kind of went back to the three-year deal. And, and that's then totally... They, and they agreed to it. That's totally understandable. Like like you said, who is a comparable... Like, we all think Myers is going to be very good. And the guy seems like he's going to be starting the season on the, you know, on the top defensive pair. But the guy's played 71 career regular season games. Like, he scored four goals last year. Like, who the, what are we projecting really for this guy if we're going to do it mathematically? Like, how do you say, oh, yeah, six-year deal worth four and a half million. And then, like, five years from now, he's like, I'm a top pair defenseman. What the fuck? You know? <laughs> so, like, I, I really don't see, a, like, yeah, I just don't see a way to really make a long-term one work. And in terms of the Sanheim comp, like, Sanheim put up 35 points last year or two years ago before he signed his contract. Like he had a big numbers year. Uh, so like it's just Phil Myers didn't have that type of season. We like what we saw. We think he's going to turn into something, but he didn't look like the you know the guy you're going to hand over your power play to in a couple years, like Sanheim did last se- or two seasons ago. Yeah. We, we talked about this a little bit on the show of maybe like a month ago that like because of the way Myers' season ended, it seems like people have just equated him and Sanheim in their minds because like they're 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 more excited about Myers right now than they are about Sanheim. Yeah. So because of that, it's like, well, obviously Myers is just as good as Sanheim, if not better. Whereas in reality, if you look at their resumes, especially at the time they were negotiating their deal, Sanheim had a lot more to bring to the negotiating table. Yeah, I and mean, at the time we were talking about on this show, like, is Sanheim, like, we're, there was a Sanheim better than Provov, Provorov discussion at the time that that contract was being signed. Like, it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that Sanheim was going to be 
you know, the number two defenseman on this team. So it, I, it's definitely it, not the same. In fairness, Kelly, I'm not sure if that was a discussion and more me. just you no, saying just that. <laughs> it was just a discussion in that Did I was we saying discuss it, it and you guys were telling me discussion. I was stupid. Yeah, like, yeah. We discussed it. Everyone just disagreed with me. That's fine. <laughs> so three years, does three years count as a bridge deal still? Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Especially it's, if it's, it's still an RFA. Yeah, I'm I'm calling it I'm calling it the Chesapeake Bay Bridge deal because like it's long, <laughs> it's a long bridge, but it's a bridge. Still a bridge. It's definitely still a bridge. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think one thing that the Flyers and this is going to be a fascinating thing to look at. Like I talked earlier about the the possibility of you know the cap staying flat for maybe even longer than we think because it's going to take them a while to get back to fifty fifty revenue split. You know, with the escrow and everything like that. I think that may have played into this, you know, with regards to the Flyers going with a three-year deal rather than the six-year deal, because the Flyers, I think, aren't sure that Myers is really going to break the bank on his next deal after this. Because, like, if you, if you, if you think of it as, like, the way this, the way this cap structure is going to be, if everything stays stagnant, which it probably will for the foreseeable future— the big guys, the star players are still going to make bank. But the middle class guys are getting squeezed. Like Tyler Toffoli did not make nearly as much money as we thought he was going to make. Craig Smith did not make nearly as much money as we thought he was going to make. And if the Flyers think that Phil Myers is going to become a good player, not like a slam dunk, 35, 40 point first pair defenseman, but like, you know, his best years, he's like a two, his good years he's like a solid second pair defenseman maybe has a couple down years like if they think he's just going to be a good defenseman a perfectly solid middle of the lineup defenseman I don't know if this financial situation puts him in line to really break the bank three years down the road and I think like let's say Myers's camp won it like as you said uh, Bill like 4.5 mil a year on a six and a half on a six-year deal the Flyers very well might have looked at it and been like, I don't know if you're getting much more than that on your next deal anyway. So why would we pay you 4.5 for the next three years when we're not going to get going to be getting that big of a bargain in the final three years of the deal anyway? Whereas in this scenario, they get a bargain on him for the next three years. And then like where if Myers is just a good second pair defenseman by the time his contract expires, how much is he, is he realistically getting on his next deal? Like, is he getting, you know, five mil a year maybe like that's not a huge savings you know what i mean yeah and like no does and that's the first thing i thought when i saw this cap hit was i thought i saw it wrong i was like no he there's no no he didn't get three and a half oh no he got two and a half okay cool and then i was like oh so three years from now like does his salary double like how much how much is he ever really gonna cost us unless he just becomes a fucking all-star in which case cool take the money i don't give a shit uh, yeah, yeah, like, th that's yeah, the thing. Awesome. Like he's, if if he becomes a star, obviously the Flyers yeah. are going to regret this deal because then it's going to be like, well, shit, we're going to have to pay him seven, eight million dollars on his next deal to keep him, and we're going to wish we had him on a four point five million dollar cap hit for three extra years. But if he's not a star, I'm just not sure in the current environment that he's going to make bank. Like the the two guys who he who he could have compared himself to on a six year deal were Jacob Chikrin. And Rasmus Anderson. And <laughs> Steph just looks up. She's looking down <laughs> at her phone. right up. <laughs> well, because they, well, they both got six-year deals yeah. in a similar situation around that $4.5 million range. And 
I don't know if those kind of deals are going to happen anymore, at least for the foreseeable future, just because everyone is so crammed against the cap. Like long-term mid-money deals. Yeah, I don't know. Like they might just not happen anymore. Interesting. Just as a, as an aside, I'm having my four-year-old roof replaced today. So when I disappear for long periods of time, it's because it's because she's hammering. murdering contractors. That's exactly it. I'm murdering contractors. No, because they're hammering like right over my head. So that's good. And also, my Chinese food came. 45 minutes earlier than they told me it was going to. Which what is a good. day. What a day. Seriously. It's, you know, so and it is actually happening. snowing here too. So you can get back to serious conversation. Okay. Now. So we, <laughs> we talked about, we've, we talked about previously, like thinking about what this contract was going to be Meyer's resume. And Charlie's talking about what his ultimate ceiling might be. So like I said, he's played 71 career regular season games, plus 16 more in the playoffs. Uh, he had goals. This always blows my mind. He had goals in his fourth, fifth, and sixth games of the season last year after joining the team late and then didn't score for the next 35 games and ended up with four goals. Then in the first 11 playoff games, three goals and a plus seven rating. Final five playoff games, one assist, minus five. Uh, and, like, I'm using plus-minus mostly to make the other three laugh, but it's something. You know, it's a number that's available, so I put it there. Um, what do we ultimately think Myers, like, will be? Like, okay, if he's this, he'll get paid this. What do you actually think he's going to be? Next pronger. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> he is far too sweet of a boy to Not be Not on the, the ice. Pronger. Not on the ice. Well... Yeah, you're right. Fuck you right. all the way up. That cross check to the face was one of his highlights of the season for me. Yeah. I agree, actually. And was it a little dirty? Yeah. You know, Hockey's a dirty game. Only a little. Only a little. Only a little. And that's good enough for me. Yeah. I loved it. I remember people noticing that he has a bit of a dirty edge to him during last season. And, like, he's had it since he was with the Phantoms. Like, it, yeah. he's always been that guy. Yeah, no, he, he's always had a temper. And, mm -hmm. like, objectively speaking, it would be good if, like, he didn't take as many penalties because he'd be a more valuable player if he didn't. At the same time, like, I can understand how... All right, you're Phil Myers, okay? You're six foot five. You're absolutely ripped. Mm -hmm. And then you have these, like, loser 5'11 fools, like, poking <laughs> you after the whistle. And yeah. it's like... Dude, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, fuck him up. <laughs> like you, like you, gnat. Like, yeah. like I, I understand. Who, I understand why he loses his shit sometimes. Who did Travis Sandheim fight that he just couldn't even find him? <laughs> Nathan. Was it was it Gerby. I think it was Nathan Gerby. I think it was. <laughs> he was like, I'm a foot Gerby. and a half taller than you, bro. <laughs> he was losing him, and he was like, he's under me. I can't find him. <laughs> I can't. I can't <laughs> even hit him. Where shit. is he? <laughs> Um, so about Phil Myers and what I think he's going to turn into. Um, I think that um, player comparables are very hard. I, I, don't, I don't have a great one in mind. Just like ultimate role. Like, do you think he sticks with Provorov as the top pair defenseman and they're a shutdown oh, yeah. pair? I think, he could I think he could absolutely turn into a number two to Ivan Provorov. I think that they could complement each other really well once they both 
finished developing. And, and I say that because they're the same age. Ivan Provorov is actually a little bit younger than Phil Myers. And they both have, there's, there's my roof guy. I think they're a couple days apart. I, I don't know how, how far apart they are, but it's, it, they're close. They're close enough. Um, but I, I think they both have some developing left, left to do at 23 years old, 24. Um, and I think that having them as the one, two would be fucking phenomenal. It is awesome. Like the season starts January 20 uh, or January 13th, which as I said, is Provy's 24th birthday. And then Phil Myers turns. Yeah. Like two weeks later, uh, Myers birthday is January 25th. So like, Oh, I thought it was, I thought Phil Myers was older. My bad. Myers is like a week and a half younger or something. It's my bad, which is freaking insane. Uh, but it's so cool that those two could be the top pair this year. Like two 24 year olds entering their prime about to just fuck up the league. Like this is exciting. Two, two beefy, thick boys. (laughs) If this works out, we're going to have like the sickest top pair for the next like decade. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't want to get then, too ahead of As myself. we just move further down the lineup, have Sandheim as the second, in, in solidly in the second pair, and probably also Haig somewhere around there. Um, hmm. it, well, you know, it's Haig fine. is not going to be here for, like, extended period of time. I certainly hope I think not. he will. I mean, I guess he already has been. Know. He has been. And he's still, he's still a youth-ish. When's his next contract come up? Like, maybe we just won't resign him. They're not going to let him walk. They like him. Twitter doesn't like him, but the organization does. Some of Twitter does. Well, very smart. That's true. That's a good point. That is fair. Um, I don't know with Myers. Like, I I guess I sort of imagine him, like, I'd love to see him become the number two. I don't think he's ever going to score a ton of points. And I think that's part of the reason why I can't say I think he has the potential to be like a true all situations impact guy. I just don't know if he has the like, like he definitely has the attacking mentality, but I don't know if he has the offensive instincts like consistently to be putting up like 40 points a year. But I do think he could be a number two or he could be a great second pair defenseman. Like I think he's a clear top four defenseman with probably the ceiling of a number two. And if he gets there or not, like he has the physical ability to get there. I'm not sure if he has the, like, you need to have that ability to create space for yourself to be able to score points. And I don't know if he has that ability to kind of, like, like command the, the, the rink in the way that, like, Ghost could in his prime. I just mm-hmm. don't see, like, Myers having that. Myers just does things, and he's so friggin' physically gifted that he can do it. And that's that. Like that's the thing is he's such a good athlete. I, I would, and he has skill. Like I think he has it in him to be able to like create space and things. But the as I watch him, I'm just like, stop getting your fucking shot blocked, dude. Like get it <laughs> through. If you got it through, you would score more. Cause when you do get it through, it goes in the net. It just always gets blocked. Like I, it's just, yeah, I, I think he settles into the very good second pair defenseman role. And depending on what you have on your second pair, because he's right-handed, he plays on. He could play on your top pair because of what whatever else you have with Sanheim and then whoever else on your second pair. But you know that's all projecting down the line in terms of 
who they're going to have like a trade tomorrow could happen and all this all this projection is blown up but yeah like in terms of role I think that's who he settles in as a good second pair defenseman who can play on your top pair I wonder though like if Charlie's criticism of him is something that he can't grow out of I have this I'm never going to forget this conversation that I had I was watching a Flyers game with Micah and he at one point pointed out a couple of times we're like so watching a hockey game with someone who has no emotional investment and is also very smart is really fun because like they notice things that you don't notice because you're too busy cheering for your team and he pointed out that there were a couple of times that you could see Phil Myers hesitate because he was thinking about what he should do rather than just doing instinctively what should be done. And that, I feel like, is kind of a thing that you can grow out of. Um, I don't know if it's a thing that's going to hinder him for the length of his career. So if that's really a thing, if it's just a matter of him second-guessing himself because, you know, he's only been playing for a short period of time, if he gets out of that, like, he could very well be a solid number two defenseman. No, like we're gonna be we're gonna be deep into the season before he has you know a hundred career games played. Right. Like I remember, they used to say you don't know what you have until two, three hundred. You know, and we're already projecting this sort of uh, this sort of potential onto him. It is like maybe he never develops the instincts, or maybe with experience he figures it out. And you know that's all part of development. You never know. Uh, I'm I'm optimistic about his future, but I do recognize there are drawbacks to his game. Like we've said on this show plenty of times, sometimes I see him out there and I can like smell the burning coming off of his brain. <laughs> like just do yeah. it, man. What even if you make the wrong decision, it could very well go well for you because you're good. Like just do something. Well, that anything. But but that's the thing, and that's why like with Myers. I think his his floor is pretty high yeah. because like I t I totally agree that there are there are moments where he's overthinking the situation or he just isn't as instinctual as you wish but the thing is is that he's so freaking fast and he covers so much ground that a lot of times he'll misread the play realize it and still break up the play because he's just like he eats up space and like you think he's beat and he fixes it because he's six five and can skate. Yeah, there there were plenty of times last year. I just remember seeing like, oh fuck, he does not have the angle. This dude's yeah, getting around yeah. him, and then he takes one stride and he has it again. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's like something only really good players can do, and he was able to do it like not consistently, but like I remember it happening. So like, there are a wide range of outcomes for him, but I think. All of them are at least positive. Like, I don't think he's going to totally bust now. Like, I don't, yeah, think, I, agree with that. I don't think that's on the table. No chance. Something that is on the table. Oh, shit. You know oh. what? We never, well, 50 minutes in, there's no point in breaking now. We'll just oh, fit it in it. where we fit it in. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that's all right. No one's in charge of podcasts now anyway. Oh, good. Well, fuck it then. Um, <laughs> something that is on the table. More outdoor games, baby. I love the outdoor games. Everyone else shits on how many there are. I think this could... I think they're fun. I think this could be fun then, Steph. Uh, several NHL teams are exploring the possibility of playing some 2020-21, goddammit, uh, home games in outdoor <laughs> venues 
uh, and in front of fans if local COVID-19 restrictions on mass gatherings would allow them, sources confirmed to ESPN last Thursday. So this means, listen, if we're allowed to have, in certain places, outdoor gatherings, teams, they're all looking for more cash flow, teams are going to try to schedule some outdoor games just to have fans in the stands. I think this is kind of fucking cool. I I love it. it. I love it. I want cold weather teams to only play outside. I don't want to see them (laughs) in an arena ever again. What if the whole Canadian division played outside the whole year? That's all I want. Go find a a pond and that's, that's your rink now. That's where you play. I mean, as somebody who has complained that there are too many outdoor games now, like this kind of rules because it's not like I don't think that they would make a big spectacle out of these. Yeah, it's, it's just not a big be, promotion. Yeah, it's just going to be like a home game at Citizens Bank Park, and that that kind of fucking rules. <laughs> like I really like that idea. Like Boston. Oh, go ahead, Charlie. No, I see. It does sound like like the Flyers are not one of the teams. I know. Yeah. They, well, because they don't like fun. No. Well, it's fun. it actually. I, I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think they looked into it, but it. I, I believe it was LeBron who reported this. One, one of one of the athletic writers reported it. But uh, essentially, that the Flyers looked into it, but they decided that basically, like, because the restrictions in Philly and Pennsylvania are mm. so like are so big anyway, like they wouldn't be able to put enough people in the stands for it to make sense for them anyway. Like they're right now, like Eagles games, you can't go to them. And, like, that might change when we get to February and March, but, like, is it going to change that much? That's true. Probably so not enough. So here's the thing. The Flyers just need to play in New Jersey. Their practice facility is already here. They need to play games outdoors in New Jersey. Okay. Solution. So, so where where are they going that has, like, oh, are they going up to the Meadowlands? Are we playing games in the Meadowlands? Ugh. No, oh, they're, they're just going to freeze over a lake. Ah, I, I like okay. it. And, and people will bring facility. their lawn chairs okay. from South Philly. BYOC. They'll bring their lawn chairs, and we're all just going to sit outside. I love this idea. You know, it's really simple. Flood a parking lot, <laughs> and then... Simple. Listen, it's fine. <laughs> I got a, I got a couple of ponds that I use. Uh, we could, we could check out like Sears Park, maybe. Like, there's a couple places we could go. go. Bring your damn lawn chair. So, uh, well, I gotta use it. If I dig out a spot, my my lawn chair has to hold it for me while I'm at work. So That's I can't true. bring that. <laughs> fair, fair. So uh, make excellent points. A, a couple other things that we can wrap it up. So, uh, Santa Clara County. In uh, in California, has uh, basically put a uh, a contact sports ban into effect, uh, and now it, it's re- it's supposed to only go for 14 days, but it has forced the San Francisco 49ers, who do not play in San Francisco, uh, to actually go play in Arizona now, uh, because oh, there's a contact sports ban where they play, so they have to play their home games out of state for a little while. If it is extended, which is possible. This could affect the San Jose Sharks, where they are not able to play in their home rink. I think there's a very simple solution. Move them to Florida, where there are no laws. (laughs) (laughs) Put all of the sports in Florida. Oh, God. Every one of them. Giant cesspool of coronavirus. Put them all down there. Buy an island like the UFC guy. That would be awesome. Like, Hockey Island would be great. Hockey Island like, would just be great. Nova Scotia. Is Nova Scotia an island? So, What's the one it. I'm thinking of? Some of it. P-E-I Greenland. Oak island. island? Am I thinking P-E-I of Greenland? Greenland is technically, I think, a peninsula, no? Or is it an island? 
No, I'm pretty sure it's an island. Okay. I don't think it's connected to anything. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. <laughs> and, well, I said Oak Island, and now I need to check if there's a new episode that I haven't watched. Last night. And finally, this is just the ultimate Eugene Melnick move. Uh, he has declared, there, there's an NHL.com article titled, Senators ready to win Stanley Cup, says owner. Sure. <laughs> yes. And he says, uh, Eugene Melnick is saying the team is going to be aggressive. They are going to be buyers at the deadline. Ooh, the ultimate uh-huh. the ultimate Melnick move will be spending a shit ton when the whole rest of the league is crying broke. Like, this could actually be really funny. As much as I hate him and as much <laughs> as I hate the Senators, this could be fucking hilarious. God. <laughs> like, like they trade for Goudreau for at the deadline. Like, this will be oh, hilarious. God. Astounding. Astounding. Let let Eugene Melnick win the second COVID Cup. Oh, Jesus that would Christ. be insane. That's I'm really, like, the owners who just say fuck it and go for it, I'm going to be rooting for. Oh, Anyone who's... Bill Matz is going to root for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be a real tough one for me. But yeah, I don't I say. It is. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think he's going to actually do it. No. But maybe there's another owner out there who's like, we ain't cutting costs. I'm a trillionaire. No, now I need to see this happen because of the <laughs> chaos. Like, <sighs> could you actually root for the Senators? I don't know. We'll see. One of those, I get one of those. Uh, to sell tickets. Yeah, probably. But to who? Are they even allowed to have tickets? Yeah, that's the, the thing. Building? Like, you can probably no, go to games up there. I don't understand why Melnick is doing this. Like, because <laughs> you're right. Like, all the reasons why he would do and say these things don't actually make any sense. So the only explanation I could think of is that he's actually delusional. Like, like that, that is honestly that's, that's the most the, that's plausible the, explanation. That's the only explanation because like this team is still really bad. Yeah, they're still really bad. Like their defense is Thomas Shabbat, who is good, and then a bunch of awful players. Like is Nikita Zaitsev on their first pair? He might be. They're a bad hockey team. I don't even know who's on that team anymore. Yeah, they got a couple of nice young players, but, like, in no way are they Stanley Cup contenders. They're not even playoff contenders. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. (laughs) They are draft lottery contenders. Yes. Perennial. Draft lottery favorites. (laughs) Draft lottery favorites. Uh, (laughs) Detroit's still up there. Oh, yeah. But at least Detroit is, like, seems like they're on the right track yeah they're trying like i look at i I look at detroit and i'm like okay they're starting to figure out like what they need to do they're still going to be awful don't get me wrong but like eiserman has a plan they're drafting well they're starting to like make the kind of signings that like a team in detroit situation should make like rather than going out and like because they the thing with detroit is they were going out and they were adding pieces when they sucked. Yeah. Like they were signing guys like Mike Green. Mike Green. <laughs> Why? What what's the point? Like now they're doing smart things like, you know, signing Bobby Ryan to a one year deal, figuring, well, we'll play him on our first line the first half of the year and then trade him for draft picks at the trade deadline. Like that's what that's what a team like Detroit should be doing. They're finally being smart. No, I was gonna say, like like a Mike Green signing would make sense. Except they gave him a no-trade clause. Like, like, I always think if you're going to tank like that, have one or two guys, like veterans, that someone will give you something for at the deadline. But then it's like, yeah, he doesn't want to go to fucking Carolina, so guess what? You got to pay him still. Like, uh, yeah, that shit was just nonsense to me. All right, is there anything else? 
Steph's roofers say no. Yeah, Steph's roofers say we should be done. <laughs> I don't know what they're drilling into, but it sounds like my house is going to the, break in half. The roofers are sawing through the roof now. Guess what? That's fine. It couldn't be any worse than it has been. Guess what, Steph? You have a skylight now. Congratulations. Excellent. Perfect. All right. I'm selling the house in six months anyway. It's so fine. Hockey is coming back. Phil Myers is officially back. Uh, it's the holiday season. Things are looking up in terms of NHL hockey. I'm pretty happy about it. I think everyone else should be too. Of course, we are planning a Zoom Festivus Quizzo. Steph filled you in on all of that at the top of the show. So go back and listen to it because we don't have time to wrap it up again. All right, that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, except maybe Google. I don't know. Is oh, yeah. Still, Google is a mess. Don't use Google. Use literally anything else. If you have an Android phone and need to find something, find a podcast app, use Podcast Addict because Google is a disaster. Yeah, like you've got Spotify. You can always find us on broadstreethockey.com. Podcast always. Addict, whatever the hell that is. Google Play is just fucked. We're sorry. We don't. I mean, iTunes is still fine, yeah. but uh, Google Google Podcast, Google Play, whatever it is, just don't use it. It's bad. All right. So that's it. Uh, my name is Bill Matz for Steph, for Kelly, for Charlie. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah.